They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. And today we have another very special guest straight out of cohort 18 uh, in Dallas. We've got Jarvis Hill. And Jarvis is an entrepreneur, a husband, and a newly published author. Welcome, Jarvis. Thank you guys for having me, Erin and Courtney. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have been an entrepreneur for a while. You've got this new book coming out too, which I'm very excited to talk about. But before we jump in, you came highly recommended from Josh. Uh, so really excited to jump into this one. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about your your journey as an entrepreneur, what kind of made you jump into it and what it's been like thus far. Yeah, so I'm originally from Paris, Texas, and uh, my mother, my mother was a, was a strong, strong woman. She taught me hard work, communication. You know, she was old school, so she didn't do a lot of talking. She talked with her her actions. So she had the saying, I don't know if you guys have heard this, I can show you better I can tell you. So as as I got older, I played sports. Um, I thought I was going to go to the NFL. That was one of my dreams. Uh, I actually, I didn't make it. So so when I graduated Paris High School, I ended up going to Prairie University. I went there for a couple of years. Uh, my sophomore year, uh, I had a little too much fun, guys. I had a little too much fun. Uh, they gave me the boot. I got kicked out of college because my braids wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there. And so that's when I learned that if you're not supposed to do what you're supposed to be doing, then you can uh, actually get kicked out of college. So I went back home to Paris, and I had one of those self-talks, like, hey, either you have to get together, you got to figure out what you want to do with yourself. So I actually ended up going back to Preview, sleeping on my friend's couch um, for a period of time. Ended up moving to Austin, Texas. I met my beautiful wife, girlfriend at the time, Megan. Uh, we actually ended up dating. As they say, the rest is history. We moved to Richmond, Virginia. I went into the business world, got a job at the bank. I went back to school, got my degree, and I was promoted at the bank a few times, ended up being a branch manager. And then I went into business banking on the retail side uh, of the bank. And that's when I started meeting with different business owners, helping them out with lending, retail accounts, things of that nature. And, and then I got into what we call self-development. And then I, I came across... One of my favorite motive. I don't even like to call it motivation speaker because, like, uh, he's more than that. But he helped transform my life. Jim Rohn. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Jim Rohn, but incredible, credible speaker. So I, I listen to his tapes or his videos like religiously every single day. Uh, I could recite one of his videos, one of his four-hour videos. That's how much I listen to it. From there, you change your mindset. And then I got into shifting like, okay, I, I want to have more control over my time. I want to be able to serve at a high level. And how can I do that? And entrepreneurship uh, lands those avenues to do so. So that's how I jumped into uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, it's been it's been a journey. It's been seven years. It's, let me tell you, it's, it's been a journey. Awesome. 
And so when did, how did you enter Goldman Sachs program? What were, what business were you in at that time? Yeah. So I have my own state farm agency, uh, Jarvis Hill State Farm. So who was it? Miss Natasha Harris. Uh, she had came to my office and uh, we were talking and she said, have you ever heard about the Goldman Sachs program? I was like, no. What? So she told me about it. And I try to recruit so many people into this program, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, even though I have background in banking and I learned a lot of uh, a lot of information of like, you know, reports and CPAs and how to different, deal with different people. But I got connected with Natasha. She took me through the process. And then from there, I met with Josh and, and then I actually got accepted to the program. It was actually COVID. It was the first one. So we did everything online, which was which was interesting because it's kind of really hard to build a uh, a synergy when everybody's online, but uh, we did, it was quite successful. And I still have good relationships with those uh, individuals to this day. I'm super curious about State Farm. And um, did they, is it almost like a franchise situation or did they, like you're independent and you set up your own office and you run your business? How does, how does that work? It's the latter. So you're, you're independent. And let me, let me give uh, a shout out to this guy because he's the one who recruited me, uh, Walter Preston, years ago. Uh, I was working at the bank, and I met him at a networking event. And wherever you all watch, Walter, thank you so much because you changed my life. Uh, we was at a networking event, and he said, hey, man, let's have lunch. And I told him what I was doing. I was doing really good at the bank. I was going to corporate banking. And he said, hey, have you ever heard about this opportunity with State Farm? And that's when I was listening to my Jim Rohn, and it kind of was perfect timing, right? And uh, from there, he told me about the program. I went home. My wife and I, we talked about it. And she said, well, you always want to have your own business and, and what better way to pair with a great organization such as State Farm? So to answer your question, yes, we're independent contractors. We can kind of set it up and hire our own teams. Uh, so it's, it's I call it living the dream. You know, you get to uh, bring on the people that you get to work with and and serve others. So it's a, it's a blessing. And it's a crash course in entrepreneurship, but you've got someone who's kind of like skipping along with you. That's really cool. I'm curious because you said you're in, you went into um, the Goldman Sachs program uh, entering into COVID. And so like most of us, Aaron and I, we were on the opposite side, right? We were after COVID had already happened and we were like processing all of that information. I'm curious, did it, was it around the time that it started and we shut down? Like where, where was it positioned? Yeah, I think it was like right after COVID had started. And, and this is why I would tell any entrepreneur, you have to be adaptable. You have to be able to go into what we call half time and make your adjustments. And um, thank God for Goldman Sachs because that's another great organization. In this program, like I said, I know I've recruited about seven to ten people through this program because I believe in the network. I believe in the information sharing. And and it's fully funded. So if, if you're an entrepreneur, I believe in, you know, education. Uh, you never stop learning as an entrepreneur. So it was it was right after uh, COVID had hit. Uh, my team and I, we made adjustments. The Goldman Sachs program, it is a commitment. And so uh, I had to let my team know that on the days that we had class, that I was unavailable. Because any time that you get into a program such as Goldman Sachs or any like cohort, you want to make sure that you get the most out of it. And how do you do that is you commit to what you're in. And we go through a or we're assessing risk and we're just here we are here's a risk and now we have to it or you know that nobody saw coming 
I'm curious, what were other businesses like um, experiencing? Were you guys all sort of like, um, were other people's other people thriving and some people not? I'm just I'm so fascinated by it being while COVID was happening. Yeah, some people some people did really well depending on their business model. You know, um, I think it was a adjustment because ours were more face to face interaction. So we want to really switch gears, right? And the people didn't want to come in, you know, the mass restrictions or requirements. It was a lot. Uh, it was it was a painful time for a lot of entrepreneurs in my cohort. That that was a beautiful thing about having a network. We start like, you know, um, lending advice to each other. Hey, what's working well for you? How are you guys adjusting? Because as a business owner, a lot of times you think you're on this island by yourself. It can be a lonely journey. But we were talking and we were able to make adjustments. Some people, like I said, according to depend on how they were set up, they did really well. It was a struggle for me because I'm so used to one-on-one uh, -on -one interaction, people coming to the office, and then going from that to not being able to have meetings and have that that intimate space with a customer and, and talk to them about their needs. So from from their point, it was just talking to different people in our in our small groups uh, in Goldman Sachs. It was a blessing because I was I was able to learn and and I'll say borrow different ideas to help pivot and navigate. And that's a, this is another key point about entrepreneurship. It's like everything is not one direction, right? It's not a linear process. Like you have to understand, you have to be ready to. You know, uh, I, I hear a lot about online how you get up and you press your goals and press your goals. Listen, let me tell you something. Life sometimes throws you curveballs and, and, and those goals will have to be delayed. And you may not want to hear that, but that's the honest truth is because when COVID hit, when COVID hit, my business took a took a dip because we we wasn't ready. Right. And I can say that because as an entrepreneur, you, you have to live in your truth. We wasn't ready. I, I don't think a lot of people were, but I can speak for my business. We wasn't ready. But what we did was we huddled as a team. Uh, shout out to Fred, uh, Kathia, Nino. We huddled as a team and we came together and say, hey, how can we make this adjustment? How can we reach our people still serve at high level? And that's what we did. So going through COVID, it actually became a blessing because we started working remotely, right? Uh, we got time back with our family. And I'm a big family guy. So we started spending time with our family. But I found people can do business through through the, uh, the computer, through iPhones. So we start reaching people at a different level. So business, well, it was a dip. Then ultimately we start to trend upward because we start to figure out how to connect with people in different ways. So I'm curious, cause it's a really interesting perspective. Cause there's a conversation we were having, I don't remember where, but it was like, there was some good, I don't want to say COVID was a good thing, but there were some good things that came out because of COVID. So having to really sit down and make that huddle and look at business in a different way, are there things that happen in your business because of COVID? So pre-COVID, you didn't do things or, and it actually, because you implemented these things during COVID, it's now thriving in a way where you're doing things a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. So now I connect with a lot more people, not face to face, but through, through, through the computer, right? So we have been able to connect so we can able we're able to reach people and get a lot done in a shorter period of time. So it's it's actually, it's, it's been a blessing, like you say, Aaron, and, and you're right, some good things came out of COVID. I was able to spend a good quality time with our family, uh, my family. So, but now people reach me like, we, I, 
we FaceTime on uh, iPhone. They reach me through Instagram. They reach me through Facebook. You know, it's so many different ways that we leverage the, these phones and these computers now. It's been a blessing. And we've been able to grow from the Goldman Sachs probably about 20-25%. And so, yeah, coming out of COVID. So when I look at that, when you first like, because uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have those days, like, what did I get myself into? And then when COVID, it was really like, whoa, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the left hand doing from the right. I got to figure this out. A lot of sleepless nights, a lot of early mornings. But that's the thing, and, and it's a challenge of an entrepreneur. Is like, you got to figure it out. You got to stay in there, right? Because people are counting on you. Your, your team is counting on you. Your customers are counting on you. So uh, to ultimately answer your question, it's, it's been a blessing because now we reach people at a higher rate than we were before. I'm curious too how, so you were in banking, you find Jim, Jim Rohn, you build your own business. What has your personal development uh, journey been like after entrepreneurship? Who are you studying now? And do you still do that studying of someone every day and that mindset work? You know, I think even before I got into what we call self-development, I was a reader. I mean, let me say it like this. I didn't read a lot of school, right? I was that kid. I was talking about high school and even college. I told you that I got kicked out of college. I was that kid who barely passed just to play sports. But when I got out of high school, you know, I got kicked out of college. And I actually went back and got my degree from Virginia Commonwealth University, shot to BCU. And reading is, is if you're going to be an entrepreneur, someone always say, like, you know, you, you never stop learning. And that's what I teach my kids is when do you stop learning? Or when do you stop growing? Is it is it height wise? Well, you of course we have a, a size where we stop growing, but you can actually never stop growing because there's so many books out there that you can read and learn. So when I adopted that philosophy, um, and I'll ask you guys, what's the biggest room of the world? In the world. Room for improvement. And so and so with that philosophy, yeah. So with that philosophy. Yeah, with that philosophy. I was like AT&T Stadium. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> That's where I was going. I'm like, is AT is anybody bigger than Okay, anyway, sorry, Travis, keep going. The biggest room in the world. And when I understood that philosophy, it changed my perspective. And so I just read uh, a ton of books, you know, uh, The Alchemist is one of my favorite. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um it's just so many, and I have my own personal library, which I'm excited to have my own. Uh, this is one of my favorite reads, actually. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, I think Aaron, like if you're an entrepreneur, and I I hear people always say, "I don't Jarvis, I don't have time to read. I have the business, I have wife, I have kids, I got this." And I simply tell them, I say, "Listen, if you ever stop reading, that's when you stop growing and you stop changing, and you stop developing." As an entrepreneur, you cannot afford because this world is ever changing so rapidly. The way you step in speed is to learn and to, to grow and you step, never stop learning. And so I always, when I have these conversations with my friends or people in my network is, make sure you read a, a chapter a day. It, it doesn't have to be much, but pick a book, pick a magazine or something and read something that's going to help you go forward uh, with life skills, family skills, money skills, economic, anything. Well, and I want to point out, too, I think this is something, and I'm pointing this out because this is something that was like ding, ding, dinged in my head just this year, sadly enough. I'm embarrassed to say it. 
but there's read because I'm a big reader and I read all the time, right? So I I always set a goal, fifty two books a year, and pretty much I hit it. However, it's one thing, one book, move on to the next, one book, move on to the next. What intrigues me so much is when you were saying I studied it, and this has been something in 2023 that I've shifted. Where instead of like I got fifty two different books. I will read 52 books this year, but it may only be probably 10 because I'm reading them over and over and over and over again. And what shocks me is that like this one book, it's by Bob Proctor. I've I've read it now like six times. And every time I'm listening to it, it's like, oh, it's like I totally forgot what he had said. And I heard it that that same part just two weeks prior. Right. And that studying, I I feel, is where transformation really happens. Like you can get good things and you apply a couple things here and there, but that studying and that focus on it and that I know that these, I get these principles, but I got to just really like burn them into my brain is where where the magic is. Uh, let, me, let me, can I just answer that? Yes, please. 52 books is, I think that's one but how can you implement out of those 52 books, all those good nuggets in those 52 books, how can you implement? So you had book 52. I'm pretty sure, I'm sure you have a great memory, but what was book one about, right? But if you if you scale back and you read those 10 books and you get those, those good philosophies out of those 10, now we can talk about implementing what we've read. When I got into Jim, like when I started studying Jim Rowan, and I, when I told you I could recite one of his videos, literally four-hour video, and I was sitting to my friends, hey, listen to this. They're like, four hours is long. I'm like, it's really not that long because I got so accustomed to listen to his cadence, and I can tell you when he's about to talk about this. And then you can, like, it's it's like um, over time, you know, I tell my kids, you know, you can eat a donut today. won't impact you. You eat it tomorrow, it won't impact you. But I guarantee you, if you keep eating donuts, it's going to impact you in a negative way over time. So I started to slow down and start and started instead of just trying to read so many different books, pick out the ones that I thought was impactful and then reread those and re-listen to them. Because you like Aaron, you hit it right on the head. It's like it's like watching a movie over and over again. It's like, oh, I I didn't even recognize that part. You know, we we tune out at certain aspects and we don't even know it. So I think it's really, really powerful for people to slow down, especially with a world that we're moving so fast paced. It's to really be where your feet are. Uh, Jim Rohn has this quote. He says, wherever you are, be there. I have my phone off right now. I'm talking to Courtney and Aaron. I've I, I got everything else blocked off. I got my hour budgeted, however long we need. I am here. There's no need for me to be thinking about another book or anything else. I am here focused on this conversation. So when I tell people, hey, just pick up one or two books, you know, and because you're going to get so much out of those then then next year move on to the next book. But I, I couldn't agree with you more. You gotta get so much after you and just one more point to that is uh he says if you wanna be happy, study happiness. If you wanna be rich, study rich. It's it's a study. And so when I heard that it my my whole philosophy started to change. This may be a little bit off topic, but even even with problems, right? As an entrepreneur we, we have problems. I got to solve this problem. Hey, these are opportunities for me to serve someone, to help someone out, whatever they may be dealing with. I don't look at those as problems anymore. I, I've got rid of that notion. 
I don't deal with problems. I come with opportunities and I come with solutions. If I can't, I come with ideas. That that's how I look at it. And that's my whole mind shift is is now I look at things totally different. I don't complain about life anymore. I used to complain about a lot of stuff. I don't complain about it anymore. Either I'm gonna figure it out, I'm gonna do something about it, I'm gonna ask for help. I'm a, I know how to raise my hand now. I'm not afraid to ask. And it goes back to the Goldman Sachs. I have a network where I call and say, hey, I'm having this problem. Can you help me out with it? And so I, I think that's really powerful, Aaron, what you were saying about the 10 books, though. Thank, thank you. Go ahead, Courtney. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I, there's everything that you just said. There are so many things that I want to, like, touch on. But the big thing which was the last thing you said is just about calling for help. We sat in a meeting. I'm an, an adapt, overcome and improvise person. But man, when you get hit with something and now you have to figure it out, you like you sit in it and it looks way bigger than it is sitting in a meeting. And I'm like, I just need someone who can do that. I need this. And I was like, Oh my God, Aaron does that. And you, she literally got a text. I was like, Hey, I can't talk to you about something. And it's really just having these open lines of communication. Like I, I know who Jim Rome is, but all the quotes you just quoted, I'm like, those really spoke to me. And guess what? I'm going to study now for a bit. <laughs> Let me, I think I like to go back, right? When I was in the classroom in high school or elementary school, I was a kid who was afraid to ask the question because I was going to be embarrassed. And then you find out, oh, you had that on your mind too? Oh, you wanted to ask that question too? And 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 let me say just shout out to Fred, Fred Thornton because uh that's my office manager. That guy is amazing because I constantly raise my hand and as an entrepreneur, you you, you have to I, I guess self-deprecate and I don't know what you call it, but I'm not afraid to now ask questions that I don't know the answer to. And I even tell my customers, listen, I don't know the answer to that question. But what I will do. I will find out. I will find out. I don't like to tell people what they want to hear. I don't do that. I think it's really important to tell people what they need to hear and how you can really serve them and help them out. And if I'm not the person who can actually help you, I will get that person to go to someone else or refer them to someone who can actually assist. Them. I think we live in a space now where it's, you know, we everybody wants to feel good about doing something that may or may not be beneficial to a degree, right? But I'm, I guess I'm old school. You know, my mother raised me. My grandmother raised me. If I don't know how to answer Courtney or Aaron, like, I, I'm not going to say it. I don't speak on things that I haven't experienced. I don't speak on things that I do not know. I'll tell you, you ask me a question, hey, I, I don't have an experience in that. But what I do have experience, go ahead, Courtney. I was going to say, but what I do have experience is I've been in entrepreneurship for seven years. I can tell you how difficult it is. I can tell you the long nights that I've had. I can tell you the early mornings. I can tell you I've had some customers that didn't like my experience and I've tried my best. I can tell you the heartbreak that I've had because I've really tried to help team members who left and quit. I can tell you that missing my son's baseball game because I've tried to write business. I can tell you a lot of things that I've done wrong, but I can also tell you the things that is going to help me be successful. That's work. And some things are just like, you know, just part of the DNA or fabric of success. Uh, failure is part of success. And I and I don't think people, like, I don't, let me say this. 
uh, asterisk. I don't go and look to opportunities for failure. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you be in entrepreneurship long enough and you're in business long enough, you will have some failures. It's just part of the process. I think something that you're saying, like it's resonating in this thought process. You can be an entrepreneur who has ego or you can be an entrepreneur who is humble and you will have ego until something forces you to be humble. And whether it be getting kicked out of college, there was something that changed your mindset. But we have a epidemic of ego and like entrepreneurship is glamorous. And I think that's it can only that thinking can only take you so far before you you're going to be humbled if you get there. I I, I want to give you a standing ovation, Courtney, because when you talk about ego, man, like that that gets a lot of people in trouble. And I ha- I also have to be careful with the word humble because I'm a humble individual, but at the same time, I understand the value that I bring to the tape. So it's just one of those fine lines or balances that we have to walk. And I think through my experiences, I, I tell my kids, you know, don't don't always listen to p- what people say. Watch what they do. So the first thing when you hire someone, what do we do? We check their history, right? We check their behavior or their past history. So it may predict or may change in the future. But more than likely, if they've been on a job, two or three different jobs in the last two, two or three months, more than likely they come on your job, then guess what they're going to do? End up leaving. So let's, let's start like checking history and, and checking your behavior. I tell my kids all the time, it's like, um, yeah, you told me one thing, but I seen you do another. So your actions truly do speak louder than your words. And that goes back to my mother was telling me when I was younger, I can show you better than I can tell you. Don't talk to me about what you're going to do. I mean, just let's show up and do it, right? And and I coach people through that process because, like, you know, it's it's good to have these conversations. But when we get offline, guess what we got to do? We got to work, right? We got to go through the editing phase. It takes time, right? It, it it's, it's a lot. It's tedious. And that's why I commend definitely entrepreneurs who, who get up every single day who have to deal with a range of emotions, uh, dealing with people, a range of problems. It's a spectrum. And so I tell people now where I see it, I'm at a place of peace. I'm not rushing to get out and, and let me say it like this, the grind is still real, but my peace of mind, my family, uh, God, it's real for me now. I, I When I was younger, it was all about getting and go, getting and go. And I still get up and go. But I have balance. I have my kids. I have my wife I have to spend time with. So when I'm when I'm at work, I'm fully vested. I'm, I'm really maximizing my time. So I don't know how we got from ego to humble from, from all that. But uh, I think you're right, Courtney. It's like um, a very... Uh, I'm a very simple person when it comes to certain things, you know, uh, it, it's life could be for, for all of us, I believe a lot simpler if we could just, just communicate it and express without, with the intention of love. One of my favorite books, I, I'll say this, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, and I, and I think this connects to dots and I hope it does. Uh, he talks about come with the opportunity, come with with your idea of understanding versus trying to be understood. So Courtney, if you, if you come to me 
with something, but I'm not even trying to hear what you're trying to say. I'm just trying to get my point across, and you're trying to get your... Then we're just butting heads, right? But what I try to come in, it's like, hey, let me let me put myself at Courtney's shoes. Okay, let me, let me see it from your lens, from your perspective. Then, only then, I can process what you're truly saying. I think that's the humbleness in us. And from there, let me repeat back to what you were saying so I make sure you and I are on the same page. Then from there, okay, got it. Based on what you told me, Courtney, I understand this, this, and this. Am I what point? Yes or no? Then we go from there. Okay, then from there, I tell you, hey, based on what you said, here is my lens, and I'm hoping that you can stand in my shoes, and then now we can have a good dialogue, and then we'll leave, is now it's kumbaya. So this is a perfect segue, too, and all these, like, lessons of studying and greatness into your sports biz book and like teaching kids yes just out on amazon now available we're gonna have a link in the show notes for it too so can we talk about why you wanted to write this book and and really what it's about in that alignment of helping kids understand that correlation between what they're learning in the world of sports to business and beyond absolutely about two years ago, I was working in my business and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, holy moly. Had I known that business is a sport, I would have operated a lot differently, not just from in my business, but even when I got into the corporate world. What do I mean by that? So I understood that I played sports at a very early age, six, seven years old. I started playing football, but then I you know, played football, basketball. You can peak. You learn so much as an athlete. You learn teamwork, you learn commitment, dedication, communication, leadership, ups, downs, failures, uh, com competing against other individuals, practicing, training. Two years ago when I had that vision, I said, holy moly, I understand that. I did not have to change my competitive mindset. And I don't know, but I felt like when I got into the business world, I had to adapt to the business to a degree because I'm like, well, maybe I have to relearn how business works. And I want to teach kids and it hit me because like, I'm, I, I really big in teaching the next generation of leaders and just trying to encourage and inspire them. If you can understand that business is just like sports, you can take all that years of experience that you've been playing sports and translate that into business. Here's an example. I'm going to give you a few, if you don't mind. When you hire someone, if they don't have any work experience, so here's a kid who's played high school, or let's say they played sports from age 6 to all the way to 17, got out of school, and they don't have any work experience, right? But they go to apply for a job, and they say, hey, you know, for one of the first question we ask is, hey, tell me about your work experience. And most people say, well, I don't, I don't have any work experience. Well, guess what? You can tell them about all that those sports experience that you just had. Here's how you tell. Well, I was a captain of a football team. You know, uh, this year we we went 12 and 3. Uh, here's how we went 12 and 3. Every morning, I led the team to make sure that we got up and we practiced right before school. After school, we did extra work. We had our own individual trainers. So that's that's me right there listening to that person talk, saying, "Oh, this person worked hard to train." Then from there, hey, we studied our opponent. We understood what they're going to be running. We also made adjustments. Now, let's cause that to go into business. When you're in business, you're competing against other organizations. 
you're competing against yourself every single day is to get up to be your best self. So let's say, uh, Aaron, you, you play basketball, correct? What position did you play? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Okay. John Paxson, you know, we hit, we're knocking him down. Okay, cool. So you had a role as a shooting guard, right? So you may have the power forward, throw the ball in to the point guard. You're all coming down the court. Now you off the ball, right? Because you're a shooting guard. So your role may be a knockdown jumper, right? But that's your role. You understand your role. You're not down in the post. So when you get into the business world, I don't need these kids to understand that sports and business is so similar. So think about it. As a kid who plays sports, if your role is shooting guard, you're focused on, hey, let me get old, let me get a go, a go around the screen so I can knock down my jumper. Guess what? When you get into the business world, they bring you in. The first thing they tell you is when they hire you, welcome to the team. Hey, this is going to be your role. This is what we want you to do. So right there, that's one commonality, right? But let's let's push the ball further, right? Most of the time, these companies, organizations have uniforms. Well, in sports, you know, you, you have these teams, they have uniforms. Let's take a step back, Aaron and Courtney. Let's take a step back. I want these kids to really have a more of a perspective of sports and business. So we can even break it down from, from the NSL to NHL to hockey to basketball. Those are different organizations. Those are different companies. You have the NBA, the NHL, right? That's no different from, from the healthcare industry. You have the different uh, hospital companies, right? You have Pepsi, you have Coke. Understand the different perspectives of the structures, not just look at these companies and just force organizations. They're businesses. And then if you can meet the hood, you can see that these NBA companies or these or NBA organizations or these NFL, they make money. They're, they're billion-dollar companies. So when I was playing sports, you know, I worked really hard at what I was doing. I was a running back. I was a linebacker, and I worked really, really hard. I had a few injuries. But then also within in the game of, like, sports, time into business, think about it. You have fans, right? They show up uh, every Friday night in high school football, showing up and you're cheering. Well, guess what you have a business? You have customers, right? And we have brand loyalty, customer loyalty. That's the same thing. So as a kid, I need you to understand this because once you go into the business world, whether employee or entrepreneur or business owner, you can understand and have this information so you can equip yourself. Don't shit off that athletic or that competitive mindset. Go into that workforce ready to compete, ready to win at a very high level. And that's what the book is about. And we break it down in, in so, so simple terms that uh, we get a little granular, not too deep, but we make sure that they understand when they finish reading that book, uh, I want this book to be uh, what the alchemist meant to me. Alchemist flipped my world upside down. So, and rich that poor dad. I want this book to touch every kid in the way it helped change the perspective of once they realize, hey, sports is just like business. I'm the wall compete. Okay. All right, we're on the team. We know how to communicate. We talk about this, right, in, in the book. So, uh, Aaron, I don't know if you had a coach uh, while you played sports. Did you have a coach? Did okay. Well, well, in it, I did. Yes, yeah. Nothing like nowadays where I had like private coaches and all this stuff. Like I was small town Wisconsin. So, but yeah, I did have a coach, and I played in college too. So even even better. So you said you had a coach. You say uh, coach now a business. 
Oh, I have a bit. Yeah, I go on and off with working with business coaches, but very same alignment where it's like you've got to like if it's a mindset. It's like either I'm going to learn how to win this situation, right? Or I'm going to give up. And where if you have that as a as an athlete, you understand that just because you shoot a ball once doesn't make you a great shooter or just because you practice. I love your donut analogy you gave earlier where it's like it's that everyday discipline and everyday practice that's what that's what gets you to that next level and it's that same level like that's going to get you to the next that same discipline and practice that's going to keep you rising too not just get you someplace but you don't get there's never a spot where you're like all right i i never have to shoot a free throw ever again because i'm really good at them so we're done it's like you know it's those fundamental pieces too and just one more comparison so even in the book, we talk about rules. When you're playing sports at the high school or middle school, you're not thinking about the business rules, right? You're just thinking about the rules that you have to follow in sports, right? So we even talk about, and this is why it's so important. So in sports, let's say you're playing football, right? And you jump offside. Yellow flag comes out, that's a penalty. Or in your basketball, Let's say you dribble down the court, Aaron. I'm sure you never did this. You pick up the ball, you start running with it, right? It's, you know, stop and travel, right? I never traveled. I heard that happen to other people, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's called penalties, right, that you're going to be, you cost your team, right? Well, guess what in the business, kids? We have rules that you can't break. You have different things, like when we're in sales, you, you can't do certain things in sales that you can't break the rules because it, it's going to be a costly penalty. Not just to the team, but maybe to you financially. Uh, so it's just, it's really teaching kids at that level to think broadly versus just looking at sports as just a, as a way out. Sports definitely open the doors and gives you a head start. I truly believe now, knowing that, and I'm just, I'm just really in the mode of, oh, I'm an athlete in, in business now. I'm, I'm getting up competing against my competitors. I'm getting up training. I'm trying to run the best routes in my business. I'm making half-time adjustments. I'm doing all these different things, Aaron. But I, I have my athletic mindset back. I have my athlete competitive back versus just being in business and trying to uh, assist with a customer. And, and, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of assists. How are you marketing this right now? Like, are you out speaking in front of kids and, and doing talks like that, like just in front of schools, et cetera? Yeah, so right now... I. I'm blessed because I have some amazing people that follow me on Facebook. And so they share a lot of my content. I do a lot of Facebook Live. I, I recently got asked to speak to a baseball organization, Dallas Tigers. I spoke to their uh, baseball team. I'm looking at to speak to another soccer organization pretty soon. Uh, high school, middle schools. I'm, I haven't spoke to high school, middle schools in regard to the book, but I have spoke to high schools before about just uh, motivational speaking uh, opportunities I've had. I'll maybe, if I have time, tell you guys about my GPS model. But that's kind of what I'm doing right now to promote Instagram. You can follow me uh, at Jarvis Hill Projected on Instagram. And then just on Facebook, it's just Jarvis Hill. I like it. Um, yeah, exactly. What would you say? So I'd love to hear seven years as an entrepreneur. Uh, what has it been like launching a book? Uh, you've got the, you know, same principles apply, right? You got to grow, you got to know your audience, you got to get it out there. What has it been like since launching this book and, and growing that? Refresh. 
<laughs> refreshing, challenging, excitement. It's just as an entrepreneur, you embrace the beginning. I've learned to like understand that it takes every brick by brick by brick. I am in no rush. I am in no rush to sell a million copies. And I'll say that. I am not. Someone asked me if I can put this book in one person's hand, who would it be? And I thought about that. I said, you know what? I can't I can't just say one person hand because then it's for the kids. So I just need it in the kids' hand. I need it in the kids who play sports, who parents, I'm gonna say this because I want those parents. You think your kids are gonna get to that next level, that's fine. But get your kid one of these books because if they don't get to the collegiate level, if they don't get to the professional level, they're gonna fall back and they'll go into business. So it's not one person, Aaron, that I would love to give this book to. It's the kids who play sports week in and week out, and we all that cheering for. Yeah, I love that. I'm I I want to read it. I'm not a kid, and I don't play sports currently. But I think that there's going to be pieces in there that might uh, just said about like laying the foundation and, and showing up. It's like yeah, we, you sometimes need those reminders <laughs> when things are tough. You're like oh, it's easier just to go on to the next thing but not when you're can't you know you you have to go you played one of the hardest sports and that was truly right <laughs> the the amount of dedication to be a successful cheerleader the, the blood sweat and tears that cheerleaders go through let me tell you that is one of the most ultimate sports that you can play i knew when i was coming up the cheerleaders what they the amount of words they put in i mean my god you at the top of, I don't know, the top pyramid or whatever you want to call it, you, you, business is risk. I mean, you're at the top and you're risking and you're trusting your team to catch you, right? So it all connects. And that's why I believe wholeheartedly in this book because I know this will connect with the kids and it's going to help them learn about business. So it, it's a professional, young professional, like you, Corden, when you say you want to read it, it touches my heart because you know what? Someone said to me, like, you hey, I know you're talking about best it's for kids and, and that is my market. I, I, I definitely want to impact the kids, but there are also young professionals who made me just enter the workforce who were former athletes. This book is for them too. This book is for Well, I love it. I'm excited about it. Like I said, we're going to put a link to it in our show notes too so people can grab it on Amazon. Courtney, do you want to do rapid fire? And I'm going to warn you, Jarvis, these are e like – I did not prep you with these, so I'm sorry. But if there's anything you don't want to answer, just say pass. But oh, wait, wait, there's going to be a reading one coming up here, and you better give an answer that you should get. But, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, it's been you don't, know how, you don't have to know everything to start, but you do have to start to know what you're trying to know. Uh, then merge that with living yourself. Believe in yourself. It's hard for anyone to believe in you if you don't believe in you. So believe in yourself. And I struggled with that for years. Uh, I struggled with that for years. And it was just, hey, you need to believe in yourself, of experience, the value that you would uh, bring. Believe in yourself. I would tell any any kid, any person who made your shoulders with confidence. It's it's what it's just saying that um, nobody's perfect. But God did make you perfect. Let me say that again. They say nobody's perfect, but God made you perfect. God did not make a mistake when he made Courtney and Aaron. I truly believe that. 
yes, we're flawed in all ways, but we are perfectly made. And so that that will be my uh, S to you. Hopefully. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone. Byron Allen. Who is that? Byron Allen is an African-American male who is the, um, he's a billionaire who heads a media company in California. I know his whole story is crazy. I research him a lot. He's uh, from Detroit. Uh, he moves from Detroit. He moves from Detroit uh, back in his 50s, 60s to LA. His mom didn't have a job. She moved out there. She got a job uh, intern, started working for free. Uh, and then he was around Jenny Carson because she was, she uh, she got on the intern working on studios. And he learned and soaked up, and he became a comic. And from a comic, he went from showbiz to biz show. And he started learning about business, and here we are today. He's a billionaire who has his own media company. He's uh, doing a, quite a bit of acquisitions in a lot of different companies. So it would definitely be Byron Allen. I love it. All right, I don't know what happened to Courtney, but current book you're reading. <laughs> this is like, this is my softball, like my very slow pitch yeah. softball to you. <laughs> it's there's more to sports than you think. And let me tell you, this book is quite amazing because um, as an entrepreneur and a former athlete, I'm reading through this book and, and I'm finding a lot of different things that had I known when I was coming out of high school, I would have competed in business at a very high level. Yeah. I would have changed because, again, you know, when you go into business and you, you, you kind of switch gears. You think you got to, like, conform and you got to kind of intimidate it because you don't know, right? But uh, one of the things I wanted to say is, like, uh, here recently, you know, I followed the NFL and they had the NFL draft, right? And then the commonality that I want to make sure I connect is that the NFL draft. Well, what they do is in a few weeks they have the, what we call the NFL rookie minicamp. And it's pretty much orientation. Yeah. So when you when you get hired to a new company, they bring you into what orientation? It's your it's your rookie mini camp. And so when I tell people about sports and business, how it's connected, it's those type of examples that's going to connect to the reader throughout. That's going to teach the kids look beyond just sports and how it's connected to business. Yeah, I love but it. That's the book of reading sports. All right, good. I would judge you if you were reading something else. I'm just saying. Um. And last one is, what is your top bucket list item? Wow. Wow. that That's a good question. My top bucket list. Hmm. I would say, man, that's a great question, Aaron, because I'm so in the moment. And, I, you know, I have my goals that I want to achieve. But, um... Anywhere you want to go that's been like really on your radar or anything, anything you want to do specifically that's like a top bucket list item in terms of goals, of something you want to achieve. I would say New York Times. Oh, I like it. New York Times bestseller. Uh, not because of the title will give me, because I know the impact. I know the impact and that this book is going to have with youth athletes or young athletes going into the business world. You know, I know kids have the dreams uh, to make it to whatever professional level. But if we look at the numbers, you know, um, only a few, it's a small percentage who makes it out of that pool to their next level. I mean, we're just talking about collegially. We're talking about pro, pro. So to answer your question, if you're saying a bucket list. But I like it. It's a great, it's a great bucket list item. 
All right. So somebody wanted to find out more. We're going to have, you can buy the book on Amazon, but if somebody wanted to connect with you, where is the best place for them to go? Easy. You can follow me on Facebook, Jarvis Hill, or connect with me on Instagram at Jarvis Hill Projected. If you just search Jarvis Hill Projected, uh, those are two items. Or you can call my office, uh, Jarvis Hill State Farm. You can look me up that way. So just, I I'm available. I'm accessible. All right. All right. We'll have all that in our notes page, too, over at First to Arrive, Last to Leave. Jarvis, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. And very. I'm so excited for you. I know what it takes to write a book. I know how nerve-wracking it can be to put it out to the world. It's a bait. You're putting your baby out for everybody to see. And so I commend you and, and really excited to see what, what happens with this. Well, Aaron, thank you guys so much for having me. Courtney, I really do appreciate you guys having me. Shout out to Josh for making this connection happen. And we'd love to be back on the show because you guys are a lot of fun. Well, thank you. We'd love to have you back. Uh -huh.